Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're in the studio with special guest, one of my newest friends, Daniel Loggis. And Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Derek. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Yes, I'm excited. I know we, we <clears throat> are connected with our BNI group as we've networked and connected. And I think you have some great content to share from a leadership perspective. And I'm excited for people who tune in to be able to learn from what you have to say. I look forward to going over that. Yeah. So to make sure people who are tuning in know your background, I'm going to go over some of your history. And if I have anything off, uh, you just jump in and correct me. I'm completely okay with that. All right. Sounds good. All right. So, um, <clears throat> so you grew up with your parents uh, in the military. That's correct. Yeah. And, um, and then you um, attained a bachelor's degree from UTSA in history. Yep. And then uh, you've been married for seven years to Felicia. That's correct. She made you a great breakfast this morning, according to what you said a little while ago. She did. She woke up early and made me and my son some bacon and egg tacos. Let's go. One of our favorites. Felicia. <laughs> go Felicia. Um, your son is uh, Joseph. He's two and a half years old. Yeah. Um, you spent um, time as a branch manager and an area ma manager in a rental car organization. And then you transitioned in 2017 to be a district manager overseeing uh, 30 offices and uh, in the, tell me how, how you describe it, the tax in industry? The tax preparation industry. Tax preparation industry. So I know um, you have a few accolades that we're going to circle back on, like as, as far as being one of the top district managers in the country among 60 um, district managers across uh, the nation. And you moved up from 2017 to 2018, over 20 spots. That's correct. Yep. So quite the resume, quite the portfolio. Again, I, I think... We have a lot to learn from when it comes to me just sitting um, at your feet and learning. So tell me, when did you first see yourself as a leader? So um, I knew leadership was something that I wanted to get involved in throughout most of my career. Uh, but the, the defining moment, the moment I was like, okay, I can do this, I got this, uh, was a few years back, San Antonio had a billion dollar hailstorm. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know any agent, any uh, insurance agent remembers it because mm -hmm. they took it on the chin that year. Yes, <laughs> I remember it at $13,000 worth of hail damage to my 2014 Toyota Camry. Wow. So and that, so that was like a brand new car when that hailstorm. Yeah. Too. You just, mm -hmm. oh, that's, uh, we, that's we, frustrating. We, 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 we did name the car, the black golf ball after that <laughs> hailstorm because of all the grooves and dents. There's, there's still cars that look like black golf balls driving mm -hmm. around. I don't think everyone got those fixed. <laughs> yes. So uh, that, mine included. So <laughs> you'll see that one day and you'll, you'll see, uh, there's the black golf button. Yeah. Derek drives. That's right. So, so being in the rental car industry and being in a town like San Antonio, where if you drive down the street, you're going to see every single spot in the neighborhood filled once the evenings come because mm. no one parks their car in the garage around here, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so the hailstorm hit in the evening. Everyone's at home asleep. All the, you know, most of the cars in the city just got wrecked. Like so yes. it's a billion dollar hailstorm. Um, and what was significant about this one <clears> is <throat> the hail was large enough to crack windshields and things mm. like that. So, People are waking up, not able to drive to work. Wow. Um, so when it hit, I was uh, actually visiting one of my offices in Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. um, and I was there because I hadn't really been able to spend much time with that team. And and I wanted to spend some time focusing and coaching and working with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next day, I, I 
or that evening i'm getting text messages from my counterpart the other area manager san antonio mm -hmm. with pictures of the hail and mm -hmm. he had just scooped mm -hmm. up a fistful of this like golf ball size hail right and you it had been out there for a while so it already melted so it was bigger than mm -hmm. before he got a chance to snap that picture mm -hmm. like well that doesn't look good but you know i, I dealt with a hailstorm you know the year before actually and it, it wasn't that big a deal so i didn't think anything of it mm -hmm. well the next day um my phone was just going crazy mm -hmm. i went to the office uh, to meet with my team start working with them and my phone didn't stop ringing and we would get uh, what were called escalation calls whenever uh, a key account um, was told no we don't have a car for you mm -hmm. i get a call first and then they shoot out an email if i couldn't resolve it and i was getting calls from the escalation line while i was on the phone with the escalation line mm -hmm. about a different call Wow. And then I would switch and then I get another call and it was going like that. Mm -hmm. So I realized clearly there's something bigger going on with this storm than, than I initially had thought. Mm -hmm. So I, I called an early day with them at, at about, I eat lunch and I tell them, you know, I really want to spend time with you guys. I'll be back. Uh, but I got to get to San Antonio cause something, something's going on with yes. this storm. Uh -huh. Um, like I said, it was real early. I had no idea how bad it was. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get to town. I pull up to my biggest office in the city and I drive up. There's not one car on the lot. You've never seen it like this. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You know, there's there's times where it sells out, but you can get a car from someone else. There's no car on the lot. I call some of my other managers. They don't have any cars. Mm -hmm. um, there's just no cars. Like Everything's rented. I call the airport. All their cars are banged up from the hailstorm. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. So there's there's just no cars. Um, so I had to reach out to my supervisor and, and find out, okay, what are we going to do? What's the mm -hmm. plan here? Cause I can't tell, you know, our key accounts, no, I don't have cars for your customers mm -hmm. because that that's not going to work. So, um, so we, we get together, uh, myself, my counterpart, and then my, my supervisor at this time, this guy named Leo mm -hmm. and we're like, he's tells me. Well, I'm going to get with my boss and see about trucking cars into you guys. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to also see what else we can do. Um, and, and is that kind of like when you see on the highway where these big like 18 wheeler type vehicles have like the, the, the cars stacked on one another and like a yeah. double layer. And the reason you don't see rental car companies, truck cars a lot is it's incredibly expensive. Uh, like it is, okay. it's much cheaper to pay someone to drive out, pick up the car and drive it back than it is to truck the car. Oh, wow. Um, so they don't truck cars unless something really crazy has happened. Got it. Um, one of the other times I did a lot of trucking was uh, the flooding a few years back in Houston mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in 2017, actually. Uh, they truck cars from all over the U.S. And they spent a, a fortune moving cars and take mm -hmm. care of that. Wow. <clears throat> so he, he gets it organized. So he's handling that. Well, in the meantime, I got to get my team ready to, to go into what's going to be some really long days and nights. Mm -hmm. um, because this is a get to work early, start working with our customers, uh, prepare for these trucks of cars to show up because we don't know when they're coming. Mm -hmm. they're, we, I get a call half an hour before it shows up. Wow, okay. Um, keep the people in our offices calm because it, it was had become a, a first come, first serve situation. Mm -hmm. like, for sure. Everyone needs a car. In Everybody. City, so we're the only ones getting them in for the next few days. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people, other companies started getting stuff trucked in after that but we were the only ones that were able to take care of certain customers mm -hmm. uh so i had to get my team ready to take care of that uh so i, I reached out to i had all my branch managers get on a call mm -hmm. um, and you know there's there's a bunch of different ways we could look at this but the way i i spoke to them about it was 
look, this is the city we live in. Mm-hmm. We just took it on the chin with this right. hailstorm. There's there's people that are not able to get to work that have to have cars. You know, there's a lot of salespeople here that travel to other markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, um, of of doctors that need to get to work. Right. We got. Uh, you know, just your 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 mom that needs to get her kids mm-hmm. to school and get to work, and you know, taking an Uber is not going to be in the cards for that kind of day to day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to get organized here and get ready to to bust it for our uh, for our city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that got them motivated. Nice. Um, and and by long days, I mean we were getting in at seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and we weren't walking out till midnight. Wow. Because so- we we had that many people that wanted a car and the trucks were coming in sporadically so you know one mm. day we got our last truck at 10 o'clock 10 p.m yeah 10 p.m wow so we had to call the people on our waiting list say hey get here now we just got caught a truck mm-hmm. we can get you in a car but you got to be here or else there won't be a car like these mm-hmm. cars will be gone tomorrow morning we're going to open with no cars wow so <clears throat> you have your team so 17 hours but the motivation you gave them was let's serve and help our community let's be there for them um as far as helping them to get involved because when you're talking 17 hour days i mean there's not a lot of sleep not a lot of time with their family not a lot of time for really anything else other than serving the community of san antonio right and and there's not you know they're not going to be compensated in a, in a huge way for for working these extra hours mm-hmm. so you know if it wasn't for that reason i i, I don't know if we could have motivated them to get this done because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't about money at that point right and there's such a powerful um powerful growth that takes place when it comes to these horrible experiences i think i heard a quote that said a good management of poor experiences leads to great growth and i i see that in your story right um because you know you 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 were asking what do we have to do who needs to do it um what do they need to hear so that they can be inspired and motivated to be able to contribute just to take care of people and and i like how you mentioned even doctors you know sometimes during the health storms we're thinking about something you know something maybe smaller but you're thinking about people who who need surgery now you know and then so if there, there's no surgery without a surgeon. Right. And so you're talking lives are at stake and you being able to be a part of that change in the community is that such a it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a uh, it's a great thing to be able to provide your leadership to provide support in that yep. space. Yep. So we moved a lot of cars. Those it, it took us three days to get all the trucks caught and get all the cars moved. But we got it done. We wrapped up at seven o'clock on saturday we normally close by the way at noon on saturdays mm-hmm. so oh wow. 7 p.m on saturday i was able to finally send everyone home mm-hmm. and then let them have a, a sunday to recuperate yes <laughs> smart now what did that do for your confidence in in going through that experience that was like i said that was the moment i realized okay i can do this because if i can inspire them to to work that hard and put that much effort forth then then i can inspire them the rest of the time mm-hmm. um, because it is they were all salaried, the the, the managers. So That's the they detail, literally right. were not getting compensated for these mm-hmm. extra hours. Yes. They weren't making any extra money. Um, so where I could find a, a way to incentivize them outside of just the the giving back to the community, I did, but there wasn't much I could provide mm-hmm. them there. Uh, there's there's not much you can do. Right. Um, so knowing that I could could rally my team like that yes. was a, 
the and I had only been a area manager at that point for six months. So wow, like you were new in the game. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. April. I got promoted in October. Wow. <laughs> okay. No, but it, it they they talk about one of the most challenging parts of leadership is leading volunteers, right? Yeah. Because there's a, there's a part of when when uh, I'm reporting to somebody, I almost have to when it comes to like my normal eight hours a day. You know, you tell me, you know, to uh, to um, be at a certain meeting and I don't show up, there could be a consequence for my role, my job, my, my livelihood. But to be able to motivate a team to really to volunteer their time without additional compensation, this is a powerful thing because you're ultimately in that space, in that setting, you're you're mo- you're motivating volunteer leaders. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and uh, and I think it also speaks to the point of you connected with them emotionally. And as, as a speaker, what I, I think about is it's not so much give people the facts. Like in, in a great spe- speech where I motivate people and help people to change and, and to elevate their lives, it's not that I gave like the best statistics in that speech. That right. the, the facts sometimes don't actually even help people to change and to grow. But it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's can I connect with them emotionally and if you could connect with somebody emotionally like you did um then you can help people to do incredible things yeah there's a lot of people that talk about how change won't happen until you've had the you know enough i've had enough moment mm-hmm. that, there's, yep. there's there's a speaker that you and i both apparently have in common that we like that that's one of those things is you're not going to change until you have hit that breaking point i'm not or until it's a, it's connected with you in a way that is is so emotional that you know you're just not gonna you you're either gonna make sure it never happens again or you're gonna make sure it always happens mm, this way. Yes, there's such a power with connecting emotionally. There is. Now, what happened that you you transitioned? Like, what inspired you to transition from the rental car industry to the retail tax industry? So I'm all about growing. And, and personal growth. That's why I like you. <laughs> and, and growing your team and your growth is so critical. So mm-hmm. um, every few years, I kind of look at where I am in my mm-hmm. career and I say, okay, do I see room for growth? Am I getting better? Um, have I become too comfortable in where I am? And, mm-hmm. and if so, is there a transition I can make? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that look like? Uh, so um, I didn't really see uh, any more growth where I currently was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to, in transitioning from um, that company, make sure that it was something, go somewhere where I was not comfortable because um, one of my favorite things I've heard from from two of my, my VPs over the years is mm-hmm. if you're comfortable, you're not growing. Oof, quote, um, you're listening in, take that <laughs> quote down. If you are comfortable, you are not growing. Mm-hmm. And I think the best example they gave, which isn't work-related at all is, you know, when you go to the gym and you're working out, mm-hmm. you don't get that growth if, if you're looking for gains until mm-hmm. you've hit the point where you can't do another one and somehow you do another one mm-hmm. because you're essentially breaking down those muscle fibers yes. building them back up. Talk to us. So. Talk to us, Daniel. Tell us. <laughs> tell, tell us about it. I know I, I know. I was telling you earlier, you know, I need to do a better job <laughs> getting in the gym, but speaking to me on that level, but it, it, it does speak to all of us, right? And we could get caught up in comfortability and ease, convenience, Oh, this is what I've always done. This is what maybe I'll always be doing, but it doesn't stimulate growth. And I think about even like a baby, yeah. right? A baby, like a, or a child that, that, that that's blossoming. I mean, they're they're trying to walk for the very first time. They're learning to speak for the very first time. There's 
They're like in a pure growth environment where everything is new. They're making tons of mistakes, but they're, it's all growth and it's all yeah. beautiful. Um, but I just think about that to, for my own growth. Like, how can I be like a baby and approach new ventures? Even this, right? I mean, podcasting, I'm, you know, what, 20 episodes in. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a toddler, you know, in, yeah. in, in this space. But if I approach it and I continue to learn every single day from it, how I can get better, then it will only be more valuable to the people tuning in. Right. And, and I think the other thing that, that came into my transition was um, I found myself really looking forward to Fridays. Mm. And, and if you're living for the weekends, then you're throwing away five out of seven of the days Oof. that you got. Yes, you know, you're you're wasting five days of your life every mm -hmm. single week. Yes, and think about how much time that is that you threw away. You need to wake up excited to go to work, mm -hmm. you know, excited about what you have to do today. Mm -hmm. uh, so if if you're indifferent to it or you're dreading it, either of those, then you need to transition into a new career. You need hey. to look for something different to do. Tell us, tell us. No, it's it's right. You know, along the way, I made a decision along the way that I'm never going to complain. Period. Like. Like, let me just not ever complain. Like, so if you ever, you ever catch me, then you're like, hey, this is, um, this is something I've committed to not doing. Okay. Now, in different roles I've had along the way, Mondays is something that people complain about. Yeah. And there's like, hey, Friday's my favorite day of the week. Monday's the, my least favorite day of the week because Monday I have to go to work. But, um, but there's something powerful about making that statement you made of what would life be like if Friday wasn't my favorite day of the week because I don't have to work anymore. Right. And, uh, good. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. You know, it, you should like Monday just as much as you like Friday because mm -hmm. those are transition days, not because it's the day that you stop working. Mm -hmm. you know? I'm excited about Monday because I get to get back into tackling the the problems at work and, and finding solutions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, getting, you know, getting my hands back into the challenges. And then I'm excited about, you know, Friday because, I get to rest. Yes. And, and something that's critical, people don't realize you got to unplug from work. Mm -hmm. You got to rest. Right. Um, and there's so many people that they work seven days a week, even on their beloved Fridays and mm -hmm. Saturdays and Sundays. Um, so you really got to take that time and rest. Too. Yes. No, you're, you're spot on. Uh, I think we, we, could, we could spend a whole podcast about rest <laughs> and how to do that effectively, especially in the leadership role, right? Because I, every leader I come, I come across, we both agree that the responsibilities are never ending. It's not like on Saturday, all, all my leadership responsibilities end or Sunday they end or Monday. Right. They're always piling. Like the, the more time goes by, the more issues people have, the more I'm needed. Um, but the, to, the ability to disconnect and rest is, is incredibly valuable. Yeah, you got to turn your cell phone off and, and it hurts sometimes to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me ask you, um, who's been the biggest influence in your leadership journey? In my leadership journey, um, and, the, and I know this is probably a common answer for, for a lot of people, but my father had a big impact on me. And that's because he's been such a significant leader um, through his life. He, mm -hmm. he is in the armed forces or had been in the armed forces. Uh, he retired a colonel so he could go in on the civilian side in a more significant role. So he retired so he could work more. Mm, right. Wow. So. Um, and, and have a bigger impact on his organization. Mm -hmm. um, and then. Something that I, I didn't think I've gotten into with you before is he he had um, he lost his father when he was seven. Wow. You know, he had uh, just a, he moved around a lot as a child mm -hmm. as a result of that. Um, and and so he had an upbringing that that didn't 
directly lead him into mm-hmm. a leadership role. He he had to seek that out on his own. That's right. Wow. Okay. Well, it's impressive that his leadership legacy is being continued with you and all of the people that you're touching, connecting with, and influencing. Yeah. And he he is a probably my top mentor. And and mm-hmm. you know, there's there's two key people in, in anyone's leadership journey that's gonna be your mentors and and your advocates. Advocates mm-hmm. is we can do a whole podcast on what an advocate is. Hey, hey you're invited back. <laughs> Just so you know, you're invited back. <laughs> but, but your mentors are critical because they help you learn. You know, they're they're not gonna help you gain in your in your roles, mm-hmm. but they're gonna help you learn and navigate, which mm-hmm. which will ultimately help you gain, but they're not gonna have a direct influence. There'll be a, a indirect influence on mm-hmm. your career. Um, and so he's who the person I go to whenever I have to make a really tough decision. You know, I'll normally have the decision made, but I talk it over with him and he can normally provide insight um, that he's had through his career mm-hmm. as a leader. Uh, one, one of the things, tough things is always, you know, if someone does something really foolish and, and now they're not gonna be able to work with your organization anymore, that's always really tough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's clarifying to one of the, the messages that I got talking through one of those incidences with him was your job as a leader, mm-hmm. your dedication is to your team, your organization. So there's someone jeopardizing that, mm-hmm. even if they're part of the team, they're part of the family. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta protect the team first. Wow. And when I think about my career in the insurance industry, right? So I was working in operations, so in the, in the call center. Okay. And um, you, you, you have several of these moments where people are avoiding phone calls. And that's the primary function of the job is for you to answer the yeah. phone and people are calling. And it, it was difficult, I think, to make those decisions because you've got to know these people. You know their children, you know, you know their family members. You've had these great connections and conversations and you have somebody avoiding phone calls. And having that conversation about termination it's never like i don't know if you get into leadership to terminate people from a corporate standpoint right not many people do right. I, I don't want to work for any of the people that do right right reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but understanding like to your to your father's point of um what's best for everyone because if people in the organization are going to tr- be, be disrespectful and dismissive to our precious members then it's going to damage everybody. And if we have more, more people picking up on this type of behavior, it's only going to hurt all of us and jeopardize our ability to stay in business. But your, but your, your, de- your, your father's point is, is uh, um, incredibly uh, um, accurate in looking at the big picture of the team and not just um, the relationship that's potentially severed. Because going forward, I mean, those relationships here on forward, I, in some ways, I might always be remembered to that person as the person who terminated their employment. Yeah. But it can be super challenging. Yeah. And that's always something that, you know, even when it's 100% justified, you know, they're, they're stealing or they threaten one of their coworkers. Um, I think mm-hmm. many leaders, and myself included, always, you know, carry that with you. Like, it's mm-hmm. always a burden. You'll reflect back on it. Um there, there's a concept of extreme ownership, right? Mm-hmm. And essentially, you know, this happened, but at the end of the day, it's my fault. Anything that happens in in my district with my team mm-hmm. is my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, any any wins is their wins, right? Right. So when something goes wrong, it's my <clears> fault. <throat> it's because I didn't do something. And and every time I've been able mm-hmm. to reflect and see a moment where I could have prevented all this, and mm-hmm. it's really 
really frustrating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. yeah, you carry those burdens. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to your mentorship with your father, um, how have you, um, you two been similar with, with, when it comes to learning in your journey? So we, we share books back and forth, uh, that we mm -hmm. like to, to read. I, I listen to books because, mm -hmm. you know, I drive around so much. I don't right. really have time to sit down and read a book. And then when I get home, I just want to unwind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. So I'll listen to books while I am um, driving to visit locations because, you know, I'm maximizing my time at that point. I'm mm -hmm. learning yes. while, while I typically would just be burning time. Right. Mm -hmm. So he'll, um, tell me about a great author or tell me about a great book that he's been reading wow. uh, and I'll go and find it on audible and download it and, nice. and make sure to listen to it. And then we'll talk about it um, mm -hmm. and, and what we gain from it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's something that, uh, has been really helpful. Yes. That this is such a beautiful, powerful growth principle. And if you're listening and this is one of, one of the principles I want you to take away from this podcast, which is if you can find one person in your, in your circle, one person in your life who will, um, support you in the content that you're absorbing and what you're listening to and what you're reading. You have a great partner there who's going to wants to be on the growth journey with you. And that's what, that's what I'm hearing, right? From right. you and your father, he's all, he's been on the growth journey for a long time and he's been leading, he's been learning all along the way. And then you're on, on your leadership journey as well, but you, you continue to find other influencers, which is the authors um, of these books to be able to um, help both of you grow and then you're able to um endorse the books to one another hey this book really helped me with this specific area exactly yeah and we'll, we'll go over books and i'll be like okay where i am in my journey right now or or um the the way i'm having to lead right now this one doesn't make sense because mm -hmm. yeah, you can go over a book and say okay that's i'm not gonna be able to apply any of these concepts sure um but this one will really help mm-hmm Spot on. Well, well, I want to be super respectful of your time. I know you're a busy guy with a lot of responsibility, but I do want to hear, um, as we close, um, when you hear the phrase best friend, what comes to your mind? So so to me, a best friend isn't one person. Uh, best friend's like a tier. These are the people that you can go on a two-week vacation with. You mm -hmm. can spend every hour of the day with. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, because being a military brat, we, we moved on average once every three years wow. there were times where mm -hmm. it was 10 months there was one time it was four four years that was mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. um but on average we moved once every three years so in my life my best friends have ended up being um my brother my two sisters both my parents mm -hmm. and then my if I had to pick one person that tops everyone, of course, my wife. Hey, smart man, <laughs> but, smart man. But those are my best friends. There's there's no mm -hmm. one that I point to and say, I, I grew up with this person. The only people I grew up with are those people, my, mm -hmm. my, my family. Yes. Uh, so we spend a lot of um, time talking and we're, we're all very tight knit. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as I've grown up, I've realized that not everyone has that. Right. Which I just thought was something that everyone you, had. You'd assume it's up. normal. Yeah, yeah, everybody has this. But no, there's there's a lot of people that mm -hmm. didn't, won't talk to their siblings. They yes. won't talk to their parents. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, for me, that would be really sad. I, yes. I can't handle that. But that's just because of how we came up. Yes. And it's such a, it's a, it's a great positive influence over you um, to have those kinds of friendships in your family, um, to have the best friendship with your wife. Again, it, for people tuning in, you know, if you're thinking about what should your relationship look like, you know, before you're married, like you said it earlier of um, marry your best friend. Yeah. 
And yeah. uh, that's a great principle. And if they are married and they've stopped becoming your best friend, hey, get back on that in, in that journey of how do we become best friends again? Marriage is a journey. It's, yes. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows and there's going to be times where you're like, does, mm. is this worth it? And the answer is yes. yes. You know, if you made that decision in the first place, then the answer should be yes in most cases. Mm. You know, Preach Obviously, yes. it's not always going to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes you got to just fall in love again. Like mm-hmm. you just said. <laughs> hey, fall in love again. Another quote. Take that away, y'all. Well, we're wrapping it up here. Um, we are here with Daniel Logason. We are in the Strong Life Coach Podcast Studio where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Daniel, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me, Derek. Mm-hmm.